the many uses of recycled glass, and the Purple Can Club on this episode of Enviropod. Welcome back to Fairfax County's podcast that discusses everything environment within the county and how the dedicated people from our Department of Public Works and Environmental Services do what they do to keep our county environmentally moving in the right direction. Uh, Today with me I have our returning champion, Eric Forbes, Director of the Solid Waste Division of the Solid Waste Management Program, who was with us on our most listened to podcast for this past year, last summer, to discuss the success of the glass recycling program here in the county. Hey, Eric, big year for you guys, huh? Yeah, we had a great year, and uh, it was really exciting. And it, wow, it's amazing to, to hear that we were the number one listened to uh, podcast. So yeah, that's well, fantastic. Thank you. Know, you. I, think, I, I, I think a lot of it was just people have questions about recycling. And when we first talked, the Purple Can Club thing was just getting started. And then on October 1st, of course, we stopped collecting recycling on the curb. And so what happened after that? What's the last three months been like? So um, so we, we stopped uh, the requirements for glass collection at the curb um, in October. And um, our program has just been really amazing. The residents and the response of uh, our community to bring glass, and not just in Fairfax, but in our partnering jurisdictions as well. Um, we've done o- over 3 million pounds of glass um, wow. to date, and uh, that's not even in a year. So and, and the way I like to think about it is that material wasn't being recycled before, and now it's actually getting recycled. Um, and when you say three million pounds, that's, that's quite a significant number. Um, and uh, our our program itself um, has grown so much, and the use has grown so much. You know, we first thought when we put out our purple bins that, um, you know, some people would use them. You know, there's a lot of you know, strong recyclers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we come to find out there's a lot of strong recyclers out there, and uh, people were were coming um, and are still coming to our, our purple bins. Uh, with such a frequency that we're having to pull them sometimes twice a week, three times a week now, um, wow. and empty the cans so that there's still space for them when they come back. Um, and, and we're still growing the program. So we're hoping, uh, you know, with the success that we've had to to keep it going um, by having improved can designs, make it a little easier for our residents to use, uh, but also have more locations. Um, and that's one of the things we currently get quite a bit of is questions about locations. Right, right. And I noticed the map on the website is very useful where it shows all the locations all around. Um, I know a couple of my friends had a problem trying to figure out where the uh, where the one here at the government center was, but uh, it's kind of hidden there uh, on the front right uh, along uh, uh, government center uh, drive. But uh, what what other questions have people had? What what are some of the the comments, the feedback? What have people been saying? So um, one of the big ones that we get is the one at a time thing. So we have the the holes for the glass to put them into the purple bin is designed to have one at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's one of the big questions we get is well we have a box of glass we want to be able to just dump the whole box and. Um, you know, there's some safety stuff dumping a whole box of glass, but uh, there's also a contamination factor that we've really been able to uh, minimize. Um, so that one-at-a-time method uh, means that our glass that's been collected is 98% glass. Um, so we have uh, a, a new program we just started, actually, this month, um, where we're getting some glass-to-glass recycling. So the glass that's being collected, a portion of that is now getting um, taken down to strategic materials, um, 
And they're a glass uh, recycler, and they take that glass that they're getting from our collection program, um, and they're able to color separate them the glass, and then they have a couple different streams for where that glass can go. Hmm. And one of them is glass to glass. Uh, so they're making new glass bottles out of Fairfax County collected glass. Oh, that's that. Uh, it's really interesting how things kind of come around. Uh, I, I don't know how old you are, but I'd certainly it kind of ended in this area when when I was a kid. But you know, before um, you used to bring your bottles back to the grocery store and you'd return your bottles, and then they'd send them back to the the manufacturer and they reuse those bottles. It seems like we're going to be able to come back to that somewhat by being able to take the glass that we're using and it gets reused. What are your comments on that? So, so yeah, so ultimately glass is uh, 100% recyclable mm-hmm. infinitely. So um, you can continue to recycle that material over and over. Um, and with this program and the success of our residents bringing clean glass and the contamination because of that one-of-a-time uh, method that we have, um, we're able to, to get that glass recycled into new glass products. So, uh, you know, that cycle just continues. And as we use more glass and that glass gets recycled and collected in the purple bins, we take it down and, and even more new glass gets generated from that old glass. So, you know, that process repeats. Um, now, the glass is being created might not end up back in our market, but, you know, the idea that it's not raw materials uh, that are being made in new glass, it's recycled glass. And, and we're contributing to that, and that, that's amazing. That's a great story. Uh, when we were doing um, the project uh, at the beginning, the, the whole Purple Can Club, we were like, well, we know we could use this material to replace those construction aggregates that mm-hmm. we use in our public works projects. Um, and that was a good enough reason. You know, that was that was good enough for recycling. We were like, look, that's a good use. We're not going to have to rely so much on quarried stone and sand. Um, we can generate it from our glass. But now that we've gotten to that next level um, and, and really the highest level of glass-to-glass recycling, it's just amazing. Um, and we're really proud of it. And, and thanks in part to our residents. Um, you had asked me about some of the other concerns that we hear um, from our, our users. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other ones is is the convenience factor of uh, the purple bins and their locations throughout the community. Right. So it's a regional program. And the idea is that um, we all don't work and live and play in the same area. So at some part of our week, um, we might be traveling into another area of the community. Um, and we tried to situate them so that they were spread out enough that if you were going to a, a location, maybe it's where you work, you could stop in and drop your glass off on the way and not make that specific trip. Now, it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, I, I bring mine here into work, and it just happens to be in the parking lot. So <laughs> <laughs> so, so becoming a county employee is the, the, the uh, message there. Um, uh, there you go. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that that's the feedback that we give is, you know, try and incorporate into your routine as best you can. Um, we've also... Um, had people that said, well, I can't really get to a purple can. And we've seen neighborhoods and neighbors, uh, Boy Scout groups, Girl Scout groups, um, take the charge and say, well, I'll collect, you know, maybe for some residents in my, my community here locally that can't make it to the purple can. Right. We'll provide that for us as a service for them as part of the goodwill. Right. Um, from- maybe homeowners groups will do something yep. like that. That's interesting. Has the this initial success and the amount of glass coming in, uh, had you rethink or accelerate some of your plans for uh, looking at new locations or um, what exactly you do with the amount of glass that you have? Um, 
Yes, I think the, the short answer to that is yes. Um, the glasses coming in now, we're able to talk about bigger projects mm -hmm. um, within public works. Um, now that we have enough volume to really cover, uh, you know, a substantial project um, in terms of the size, the quantity of the glass that they would need. Um, so that's that's a great opportunity, right? Um, before, when we didn't have as much glass, we couldn't really commit to a project and saying you can rely on this as a product. Right. But now we can say that. Um, and, and also with um, the notoriety that we've gotten or received from the program, um, you know, just having conversations like this, uh, we're getting inquiries on, on what we've collected, what we're doing. We're getting um, requests from other communities other jurisdictions, trying to right, figure out how to sure. replicate it um, or how to be a part of it. Um, so the program's definitely growing um, in that sense, and that's great. Um, you know, I think uh, as, as we continue to develop um, and, you know, we ain't, we're not even a year in. So, you know, over some time um, and given enough time, I think we'll even see better opportunities uh, for additional recycling opportunities, whether it's for fiberglass insulation mm -hmm. um, or blast media, um, where that material can be used for those types of things as well. Um, now, where we're taking the glass for glass of glass recycling, they also generate those products that go into fiberglass and also go into blast media. So it is going to those uh, markets as well. When you say blast media, what, what is so that? So like um, glass sandblasting media. So if um, you're removing uh, paint from an, uh, a piece of equipment or something, you do uh, sandblasting. Oh, I and see. And they use the glass sand as an alternative. Oh, okay. Um, and somewhat is called dustless glass uh, mm -hmm. beads. Um, they also use, uh, use the glass beads uh, to make uh, reflective material. So safety vests oh, that our employees wear out in the field, um, you see them on the highway, when mm -hmm. you see the construction crews, all that reflective coating that they have on their, their gear has little glass beads in it. Interesting. Um, and a lot of that is from recycled glass. Um, so some of our material is going into those safety vests and uh, uh, that reflective material. What are some of the contaminants that, that cause it not to be ideal? Um, so we get a couple plastic bags every now and then, oh, I you see. know, so someone will put uh, plastic bags in, which is, you know, as we talked about before, that's a big no-no right, for recycling. Right. We, we want to make sure those plastic bags go back to the store um, so they can be recycled through that program. Um, uh, we see, uh, you know, like um, the six-pack bottle uh, holder uh, that's the cardboard. cardboard. Right. Sometimes okay. those end up in there. Right. Um, sometimes uh, plastic bottles mm -hmm. um, that fit in that opening will end up in there. Um, you know, but it's a it's a small percentage overall. In okay. um, labels, labels that are on the no the, worries with the labels okay. and the caps as well. Um, you know, we we ask that they just be rinsed and dry, um, and and that's really about it. And, and okay, well, put the whole thing. So, yeah, our machine we call it Big Blue. Um, it actually has a magnet, so it pulls off all the caps that aren't aluminum. Um, and then all the paper comes off in the process or it adheres to the aggregates, which isn't a big deal either. Sure. Um, you know, so uh, all that material that's coming off as a waste product, um, you know, the, the labels and things like that, um, ends up going to Covana, the waste energy facility. So we generate energy with that part of it um, in the process. So, I see. So it's it's pretty good, sustainable project all around. So just just to give me a real quick highlight um, about what Big Blue and you were mentioning the the construction or the other uses for it, just to remind folks what the recycled glass aggregate is being used for in some of the um, projects that you mentioned. Okay, so uh, locally here in the county, um, we're using uh, 
two different types of aggregates uh, that the, that we make with our big blue machinery, um, and it's a pea gravel size glass. It's a, it's a you know it's about the size of a, a pea, um, and and then a sand size um, glass of makeup and. Both of those products can be used to replace sand and gravel for projects. So one we just did recently, we had a water line break um, at our I-66 transfer station, which mm -hmm. is a solid waste facility. It was an emergency repair to fix a water line that was connected to one of our buildings. Um, and so when we dug it up and made the repair, we used uh, the pea-sized gravel glass as um, pipe bedding to hold the pipe up, the new right. pipe, and then actually as backfill because it's in the... Uh, uh, drive lane uh, where we had to make the repair where the heavy trucks go that bring in um, all the, the refuse uh, mm -hmm. from the community. So um, had to be structurally sound so the glass provides that and be able to hold that pipe up and make that repair. So um, that's one example. Um, uh, stormwater and wastewater projects as well that we use locally, um, whether for foundations for structures, um, so basically bedding material, or for pipes. Um, and that backfill as well. Um, and and how environmentally friendly is that? What what are there? So if you if you take a step back, and we haven't really did the the whole analysis on it, but that glass bottle that's being recycled has already had a useful life. Mm -hmm. So you've already had that beverage or eaten the pickles out of it, um, and now that container is being recycled. So the greenhouse gas to make that bottle has kind of already been done. You know, we've we've already the used fuel it. and the energy. Yeah, we already right. used it okay. for that initial purpose. So the secondary use, um, you know, the collection and then, and then the processing into the gravels, it has some greenhouse gas and environmental cost to it. But alternatively, if you look at stone um, and you wanted to use the same amount of stone, um, that initial greenhouse gas impact for digging up the stone out of a quarry mm -hmm. and crushing it at the quarry and then transporting it to wherever you're doing your project, you know, th those that's a, a higher level of emissions um, generated from that process, you know, the actual excavation of earth to, to mine a material right. rather right. than use something that's already been mined. Um, so so the, the value there is great, um, you know, and, and we don't have, like I said, great numbers to, to explain what sure. the differences are, but sure. you could just think about it and, and see that realization of savings. Well, and glass doesn't chemically break down. Um, it's silica. So right, it's, right. it's going to be there. And, uh, and it doesn't, you know, hurt the environment as much as like, um, you know, the bits of plastic then end up in the waters and the ocean mm -hmm. and animals eat and, and, and stuff like that because it's more of a stone type material. Right. It's not floatable. Right. Um, so you're not going right. to see it floating around. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and we, we have this material in our environment naturally occurring. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's sand uh, throughout. Um, it's basically the same, same material. Yeah. So. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, it, it's really exciting um, as, as far as glass goes, and and, and it are is the county able to? Are there other jurisdictions that have been asking about this process you mentioned, um, or uh, is the county going to be able to um, maybe sell some of this aggregate to other other areas that don't have the programs or? I, how how else could this possibly benefit the county or other areas that are looking to get into this? So we're talking about growth a little bit, Scott, there mm -hmm. in that question. And I think um, other municipalities are very interested because recycling as a whole is very challenging right now. And if you can take the glass out of your single stream recycling and actually get it truly recycled in, in an economic fashion, it's, it's the program we've set up. It's that hub and spoke program. So we've got the hub now with Big Blue um, and 
all the spokes are the different communities that can bring us the material. Right. Um, and, and so I, I see that continuing to grow. Um, the other thing is, is, is we're not able to capture the entirety of our glass in our community. Um, so that's another growth area that we're hoping to see, and that's the private sector. Um, so restaurants and bars, um, yeah. you know, uh, larger developments that are generating glass, whether it's um, like shopping malls that might have lots of restaurants and bars, um, mixed-use developments, things like that, um, where the purple cans aren't cited because those are private places, mm-hmm. um, and they're collected by the private sector. Um, so really having the private sector join into the program and become Purple Can Club members. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's really a lot the of glass. Right, yeah. right, uh, right. So you can imagine what a, uh, you know, a popular restaurant or, or bar um, you know, would produce in terms of glass bottles and jars and um, – and to get all that into our system for true recycling would would be the next step, I think, for us. Um, and public works uh, department, we're, we're just not able to really satisfy the amount of people over a million residents and provide that service at that level. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, we really need the help from our partners in the private sector. Right. And, and so I, I guess um, is there outreach to try to get to some of those uh, commercial areas to talk to them? Um, you know, management companies and stuff like that? It's very interesting you say that. It's actually a, a both. It's outreach on our part, but they're inquiring to us, too. They're asking the questions like, hey, we, we want to do this. This is the right thing to do. We are a sustainability-type um, company. We have that model, and uh, glass recycling is something we want our tenants to offer, mm-hmm. um, and, and we want to be able to do the right thing for the environment locally. Um, so we're getting those requests in, and it's just a, a matter of time before – um, we're able to work it out where the private sector can provide that as a service to those people that are inquiring to the county um, to provide that service. So, um, you know, I think for us, we're really focused on the residential side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the private and, and more commercial side will hopefully be handled by that um, private and commercial industry. Um, so, But they are definitely asking. Um, and uh, it's only a matter of time, I think, before we start to see um, some locations um, that have it. Um, universities are another one. Um, they're very interested um, locally. There's a couple universities that are, that are looking to join the program, and they're trying to figure out the how-to right now. Um, but I see that in our future where, um, you know, the local universities um, have collection on campus, and they're part of the Purple Can Club as well. So, um. Well, I, I think you and I should definitely go on a tour through the county. You know, we'll do a beer sampling wine sampling, and uh, an outreach promo to, to get. Uh, I'm all in, Scott. All in. So just okay. uh, all right. anytime, just let me know. Yeah, we'll, and we'll announce where we're going to be and which restaurants we're going to be, and everyone can come out. Maybe and... that's the thing. We could ask our residents to join us to show the support for that's the program. Right. And right. then, you and know. Virapod on the road, our, our, our commercial glass recycling promotion live broadcast all right we're we're building it here <laughs> on air live that sounds exciting um I, so while we have the chance i always like to do it we like to um reuse re, reduce reuse recycle is something that we always talk about and promote and so just let's remind people some uh of the important recycling other than glass that we like to talk about that you have to deal with a lot Okay, good, good, uh, good.
Good segue. Thank you, Scott. Uh, I think one of the R I'd like to add to that is refuse. So um, in the first place, let's refuse it if we can. You know, those single-use items, if there's an alternative, you know, where you could have a, a water bottle that you can use over and over versus that plastic water bottle that you're only going to use once, um, you know, start refusing straws. it. Straws. Um, the little plastic silverware that you get. Mm -hmm. Minimize it if you have to use it, and if, uh, if if you don't have to use it, don't use it. Um, napkins are another one uh, when you go out to the restaurant and, you know, you can get as many napkins as you need or you want, not necessarily as you need. So get what you need, not what you want. And, right. You know, don't leave the stack of 50 napkins on the, on the table after you go. Um, you know, th those types of things, that's a great behavior to, to try and get in and change. As individuals, we can make those changes. For recycling at home, uh, really keep it simple. Um, plastic bottles and jugs. Um, yes. Ones and twos. Ones and twos. Just, I got my just, kids looking at the bottom, uh, you know, and I even some people here that didn't, they just throw every piece of plastic that they can. And uh, I've been trying to remind people, look at for ones and twos only, right? Right. Not the fours and fives. Just keep it simple. Plastic yeah. bottles and jugs. And right. you're pretty sure that those are going to be ones and twos. Yeah. Um, metal, aluminum, and tin cans from food. Um Paper and cardboard, definitely cardboard. Uh, cardboard is uh, with the e-commerce effect is is part of our lives now, and mm -hmm. it's, you know more so than it ever has been. Um, and then cartons, uh, and and as if you keep it to those simple categories, and you're putting those in, then we're going to have a successful program. The other thing is uh, loose, clean, and dry. So. You, you want those materials put in your bin loose, not in plastic bags, um, cleaned out if, if you can, and then dry. Um, and that, Just like I like my clothing, loose, yeah. clean, and dry. Right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Comfortable. Um, and, and I think uh, if, we, if we can kind of get those in our bins at home, um, use a purple can um, as we work or, or, or go out to play through our day, um, you know, we can have some good recycling and continue this success that we're having. Are there going to be a chance for more uses for the fours and the fives, you know, some of the other stuff out there eventually? I know we're not doing it right now. People talk about China not taking what we were giving before and us looking for other uses of it. But, you know, like a yogurt cup, it's a clean number four. It's it's uh, opaque. Finding stuff, re either reuses for that or... Um, finding a way to recycle that. Is, is that something that's being explored or is it just we want to get out of uh, companies creating fours and fives and consumers having to buy them? What, what is something, your opinion on that? So, so, um, so the private sector really drives that what's recycled process. So mm -hmm. what are the commodities that have value on the market? And that's based on what processes are out there. You know, what's the demand for that material to be recycled? Um, and and so in the in the future look and the growth of it, um, the the optimism is is yes. The optimistic side is yes. We'll see more plants opening up locally, domestically, um, to accept recycled material, recyclable material, um, with the the effect of uh, the international changes and in, in what is being accepted for recycling internationally, mm -hmm. whether it's China or India. Um, or a mix of other countries. Um, and as domestic plants are stood up, that'll provide an option for recyclers that are doing the processing to have an outlet for that material. Um, and right now, there's just not a good outlet for that material. Right. Uh, so that's the challenge. Um, and so some entrepreneur out there will be able to stand up a new facility and, and create a new product with that recycled material. So I think that's kind of the optimistic goal is, is uh, it'll, or, it'll happen. Or even commercially have, uh, have them stop using as much plastic 
that require that number four and number five. No, that's right. That's uh, right. Environmentally, that might even be better as opposed to finding a way to recycle. Don't it. generate it in the first place. Right, you know? right. Um, um, Eric, let me ask you, I, and I've talked to a lot of other folks about this. How did you get into this line of work? You, yeah. you know, I talked to some of the urban foresters and and uh, and Jen Cole from Clean Fairfax and some of the other folks that that work into this. How how, how did you get into this? Okay, that's a good question, and um, I'm actually really proud of this story. My story. Yeah. Um, I grew up uh, down in Hampton, Virginia, at the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay. Um, and I was lucky enough to grow up near a tidal um, that brack, tributary, brackish area brack, down brackish there. Water, yeah. Crabs. I've done a lot um, of fishing down there. Uh, snapping turtles, uh, lot, lots of little bait fish, lots of bigger fish. Um, and my parents uh, let me go play in the mud. So um, I had hip waders, you know, as soon as I could fit a pair. Um, and I was able to just go out with my net and uh, do some chicken necking, which is just mm-hmm. a, like a local term for crabbing. Yeah, yeah. Um, catch my crabs, bring them back. My dad and my mom would let me cook right there. Just kind of they'd do the pot and everything, and I would just clean the crabs and then and get them in there. Same with oysters. I they would allow me to go out on the flats and oh, go wow. dig up my own oysters at a young age. Um, but through that, there would be instances where I'd go down to some of my local spots down there, and there would be a uh, sewer overflow, and there'd be postings up that, you know, do not eat the shellfish at this time. And wow. As a youth and, and seeing that, I'm like, why is this happening? Um, it's because of combined sewers and uh, or issues uh, locally there where there were some spills. Um, and uh, the same with the crabs, you know, just being out and then seeing the trash and the litter, the floatables that were out there and how they were impacting my experience uh, at a young age. Um, the sustainability of the fishery was a big part of it mm-hmm. um, and the health of the Chesapeake Bay. So that's all the nutrients. That's all the water quality from the top of the bay where we live at now in Fairfax County down to the mouth of the bay. It's all connected through a watershed um, and, and just learning that connectivity. So when I went to high school, um, I was you know, I loved all the environmental work and classes, and I was like, I had a goal to come work in Northern Virginia, um, more on the federal policy level. Um, it was what I was thinking when I was a kid. Interesting. To, to help with regulations to make changes. Um, and I found my way into the local, uh, into municipal work, um, and I'm really lucky I did because now I feel like I'm I'm helping in a way that it's actually doing stuff, like we're actually getting to do things. So um, changing recycling habits and behaviors in a community is a big challenge. Is one I'm, I'm really excited about, but doing the, the Purple Can Club, for instance, has been amazing. Um, uh, and it's something that I think has connectivity back to that overall big environment picture. Um, but ever since I was uh, a youngster, environmental management was one of my, my goals. Um, and I knew I wanted to contribute to the success and the health of the Bay um, as, as the, the, you know, the, the focal point uh, in my career. So um, I've been really lucky and um, I, I'm, I'm super happy at where I'm at now today to be able to, to provide and contribute uh, to that goal that I had when I was like 11 years old. So uh, hey, that that's a great story. I, it, you're a hero. That that's that's really cool. I, that's I really admirable. Well, you. I, you know, um, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people don't realize that people that come in to do government work and that the people that you know really care about the communities and 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 um, and outcomes and they come to county government or municipal government or state government and, and they certainly don't get the press that that other groups do. Even on the federal level, my dad worked for OPM and the Civil Service Agency before it was OPM of the federal government for, you know, almost 40 years. 
and he he's there through five or six administrations and just doing the work of government work and 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 I think it's incredibly admirable people that certainly have a vision and have a purpose and want to change things and coming to government work and doing that and so I I as for one really appreciate it and I grew up here in Fairfax County and you always heard about Chesapeake Bay watershed but the longer I've been here the more you realize that all the water flows at the top end of Fairfax County underneath everything and goes right to the bay and um you know, seeing the human effect uh, that we all have on that. Everything is all connected. And so it's really interesting to learn that and to have people come in and they make that their career to help that out is really, uh, it's really exciting and really inspiring. And I really appreciate your time in it and your excitement just to to bring this out and talk about it. I know you've been a busy man just uh, talking about it over the last few months too. And I I, I really appreciate it. It's it's actually very... uh, Exciting and inspiring. I appreciate that. Awesome, Scott. Thank you so it's, much. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, this is great, and I really appreciate the time. And really want to thank all the residents uh, for being part of the program. Recycling is a huge deal, and if we all contribute our own little piece, it'll make it all successful. So thank you for all the hard work, everybody, and keep it up. Well, we're going to have you back on. Um, I'm sure in another few months. Um, I'm interested to hear what the, the you know the future of recycling and what's going on at the different transfer stations and stuff like that. Eric, I really appreciate your time and your your time coming out. Thanks for joining us on Enviropod again. And no problem, Scott. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Enviropod. We can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, you can get to us on the uh, the, the FairfaxCounty.gov/podcasts. Uh, and also the DPWES website, you can get to us from that. We can also get information about all the stuff that Eric and I have talked about uh, on this episode and our previous episodes. So you can contact us if you have any questions. But uh, everybody, thanks again once again for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks again, Eric. Thanks, Scott. All right.